Getting ready for a playoff game. Steelers in Buffalo. Sean, don't call me. Seth Myers to my left. Ron Cook across from me. We got a lot going on here. We have Adam Schefter on Mike Tomlin's future. We have Tony Dungy on Matt Canada's past. Ron, how are you today? I'm doing good, except I almost didn't make it in this morning. What happened? This weather. Uh, I, you know, I know you grew up in Buffalo. You're used to this. It was bad in Cranberry. I have a hill that I, I almost turned around and stayed home because we have the equipment now to do it from home. I, I was worried I was going to end up in a ditch, but I braved on. I wanted to see you, so I'm good. I made it. Once I got down that hill, I was okay. How about yourself? Yeah, I had a moment of truth there myself. Coming, I dropped my daughter at Seton LaSalle in the morning, and then which is where Dormont, more or less Brookline, I guess. Not too far uh, from you, right? Not too far, but lots of hills between me and them. And on the way back, I didn't want to get stuck in traffic, so I made a left into kind of Dormont territory, and that starts with a huge hill. <laughs> and as soon as I made the left, I realized. Uh-oh. If I go down this hill, I'm going to skid out of control. So I stopped at the top of the hill. And there was a guy right behind me and he's beeping. I'm saying I, I if it was like I can't it do was it. it was like getting ready to jump out of an airplane. I if I if I start to go down this hill, I'm going to careen into I don't know what. So I pulled over to the side. And then I'm like, I What did you do, what did you do then? I was just, I was going to get out and walk home is what I was going to do. Leave your car on the road? Yeah. Uh, right in front of, but but I was in front of a driveway and then I'm like, then I started to inch out and then the car starts to slide. There's a car parked to my left, an SUV. Oh man. I'm like, I'm going to hit that if I, if I go. Now you put it all the way down into the lowest gear? Yes. You do that? Yes. And then I said, you know what? The reason this is happening, my only chance, the reason it's happening that I'm skidding is because of the brake. I'm going to let go of the brake. They teach you to 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 tap it, right? Tap the gas, right? Tap the gas is what they teach you to do. Sean, don't call me Seth Myers, is that right? The brake will make you skid. Anyway, I well, said now, Did you not see, were other cars going down that hill without a problem? Uh, I wouldn't say without a problem, but no. There, there were. There were. And the, See, I always try to judge my hill by I'll sit there and look. If other cars are making it, I like my chances. Finally, I said, screw it. I'm going to go. Take my foot off the brake and go. And I did and made it down that hill and up the hill. But for a moment there, it was very shaky, Ron. Sean, how was your morning? Not bad. I woke up not expecting to see snow, so that was an unpleasant surprise. But uh, I have a new vehicle, and so I was. this is really the first test driving through the snow, but I made it in okay, thankfully. Maybe you can give Ron and I a ride home. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Ron, new, how about new, the hills, new, new vehicle? It, that scares me because you, you haven't had it very long and then you wreck it. Right. You yeah, know? that's what the old one I had for like 10 years. And you or don't something care happened if you bump it. the hip yeah, whatever. A right. Bit. right. Ron, how about a little Tuesday morning six pack? We don't usually do that. Oh, my God. I can take six packs any time of the week. Tuesdays you know with Maury. Go ahead. You know that. Seth, John, there's one. Seth, Michigan Seth, last night. Seth, John? Sean. Oh, Seth, okay. I thought John, you said John. He goes by both. Michigan last night dominates its way to the national championship. Just dominates. That was an ass kicking. They ran for like 300 yards, and their defense is just tremendous. That, that, that was just brutish football. Uh, in my opinion, they didn't play the best other team in the country, which is Georgia. That right. was the game America deserved to see and didn't get. Would you agree with that? Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, Alabama obviously gave them a tougher game than Washington did. Yeah. You know, if you go by record, well, then Florida State didn't make it. The whole thing still doesn't make sense 80 years later. We still don't get the two best teams. In my opinion, we did not get the two best teams or really the four best in, in in the what passes as a final four in football. We didn't. It should have been the team that had a 29 game winning streak and lost on a neutral field to Alabama. It should have been them. I can't argue that. They were very good. And then you saw what they did to Florida State. Would have been an unbelievable game. That that Those were the two best teams in the country. So the second question with Michigan is, other than how much do you not like Jim Harbaugh, would be the asterisk here. What do we make of their championship? You know, the, co the coach gets suspended twice, right? For two different violations and then the whole sign scaling. 
stealing scandal? Yeah, I think it's tainted. I mean, I'm not going to take it off of them, but, you know, you want to put an asterisk there at least. See, to me, there will always be an asterisk there, whether there's one officially or not. Right. People were always going to look back and say, did they cheat their way to the title? And that's something they got to live with. I don't think they're going to have trouble living with it. No, they didn't. They certainly partied last night like they wouldn't. Yeah, but it and is. Harbaugh's going to head to the NFL. I'm convinced of that. And I don't think the law is done with them. I don't think the NCAA is done with Michigan. Probably not. I don't even know if it's the NCAA that meets out these punishments anymore. I've lost track over the years. They're such a toothless joke of an organization, right? Yes. So who knows what they'll do. I agree he's off to the NFL. I agree the national title is tainted this year. I agree nobody at Michigan cares that it's tainted. But they played a hell of a football game. I'll yeah, say that. they they're, did. They're a really good team. They are. Maybe a great team. I wish we could have found out if they'd played the other best team in the country. Sean? Yeah, as far as it being tainted, I, I think when you look at the season as a whole, yes. But I think it's pretty clear that they did – this in the playoffs without any of the stein, sign stealing taking place at that juncture. So yeah, it was like a Patriots their revenge run. You know, they proved that they didn't need could win without the cheating. It. Yeah, which you know? makes you question why did they ever do it in the first place? Right. Well, because they everybody, could. Everybody's looking for an edge, man. Because they could, I guess. And I guess the ultimate penalty is every time that argument comes up or talk of great teams that people get to mention that the Patriots cheated and Michigan cheated. Yep. So I guess it's more of a pain in the ass than anything else. You, every argument you get in as a Michigan fan or Patriots fan, the other person gets to say, yeah, but you cheated. I guess that's the ultimate punishment. And that game was in Houston last night, correct? Correct. And someone drew the analogy that there's another team that uh, has kind of a tainted championship that played <laughs> yes. in Houston. Yeah. That involved trash the garbage cans. cans. Right. Next. The Penguinis last night with a very fine performance, I thought, all the way around. I liked liked the team toughness. I liked um, the overall performance, the goaltending, a little bit of power play sprinkled in. Chris Letang getting gashed on the forehead. That was unbelievable, Ron, but a very nice performance. How about Malkin in the press box talking to the other guy? Look at the scoreboard. Pointing up at the scoreboard. Yeah. He's playing a little. He, He was awful for a while, and he's really picked it up. I, I'm going to – we have Jay Caulfield coming on at 11. Do they have any kind of a goaltending? I mean, can you argue that Ned should play more than Jari? He's not going to, but I'm not sure he's not more consistent and better. Isn't he already playing more? Uh, I, I just think in the last couple games he has. But, uh, I mean, Jari's still the big money guy. But I, I like this Ned Najelkovic. He's really good. And I feel like I can depend on him more than Jari. Yeah, I mean, since they were they were 12, 12, and 3 on December 12th. That's 25 games. And since then, Nadalkovic has played 8 of 12 games, so I would say that's already happening. Okay. He just played – he's played four of the last five, right? Unless Jari maybe got pulled from one. Yeah, Jari did get pulled from one the other day. So he's getting the majority of the starts already, and he deserves that. I think so too. But it's nice also to have uh, Jari – I don't think Jari's playing poorly by any means, do you? A little bit inconsistent for my taste, but I would hardly say poorly. He's had some yeah, – last time I looked, he led the league in shutouts. And he also has a 9-12 save percentage, which is this, – this is a good problem to have. Let's They're both, put it that they've way. both been pretty good. Where is – Nadelkovich is fourth in the league in save percentage. I say play him while he's hot, and that's what Sully is actually doing. And at 9-12, Jari is still in the top 15. So I think goaltending has been a major story for them. In a, in a positive way. Yeah. Crack one. By the way, we have Peter King coming up at 1030. Uh, Mike Tomlin, news conference at noon. Should be mighty interesting today. Ron, I want to pay a congratulatory note to my friend Michelle Crecciolo over at the Penguins. Became the first female broadcaster to broadcast a hockey game in Pittsburgh. Borky was sick. We certainly hope he's feeling better. But congrats to Michelle. Nice story in the Post-Gazette on that today. Um, That's awesome. You know, I was driving home last night right at the start of the game and listening, and it didn't dawn on me who that was. And I'm thinking— It's Shelly. It didn't didn't dawn on me even until after I got home. Uh, It really actually didn't dawn on me until the middle of the night when I looked at my phone. And I'm thinking, uh, this woman's pretty good. 
I, I, she was really good. I thought I only listened for like 15 minutes on my drive home. Uh, working with Mirzy, um, I thought is she, she Shelly Ron? Is that her hockey name, Shelly? I don't know. I don't think. What is it then, Michelle? Well, I know her name is Michelle, oh, but what, if it's a that, hockey nickname, oh, you'd know. think it would be Shelly. I, I don't know what her hockey shells nick- shells. <laughs> yeah, Cretchy. I, I don't I know. I thought she was very good. Very well. Good. She's a hockey player, or was a hockey yeah, player. Grew up and around it all her life, and she's been with the Penguins forever in a variety of roles. And they keep giving her more, and she keeps handling it with uh, perfection. Matt Vensel with a really good story at the Post Gazette on that topic. So a hearty congratulations! I thought you were going to congratulate me on winning Michelle. our season series and our bets when you said I'd like to pay a congratulatory note. I thought you were going to say to me, "I beat you by eight. No, I wasn't going to say I that. Didn't, I didn't think you. It's would. all about the playoffs, Ron. I snuck in. <laughs> I snuck into the playoffs. That's all that matters. Yeah, you beat me in the playoffs last year. Give me a contract extension and let's go. Sean, don't call me Seth Myers. Crack one. All right, Ron. Ooh, that was a double. Yeah, little double there, huh? Um, Tony Dungy. Do you have this clip here, Sean? had this to say about the whole Matt Canada situation. Did you happen to see this, Ron? I did not. I talked to Mike Tomlin this morning. I also asked him about the coaching change. I said, Mm. Mike, I know that's hard because as a head coach, I know that's not what you want to do. And he said, you know what? I needed to do it because everybody was feeling the the crush of it. Canada, Matt Canada couldn't even be himself. For all of us, I had to make that move, and everybody has responded. I, I agree with that, if that was Tomlin's thinking, because we talked about this had to be a relief for Canada just to get out. Everywhere you went, there were the fire Canada chance. But isn't that— And isn't I think that, that per- permeated the locker room, too. Succumbing to outside noise? Uh, and and was it— But I think it, you also got to factor in the performance, too. Well, I think that would be the main reason. Right, but, right. But you don't think even that Tomlin made the call. Right? Uh, you think I, Art Rooney made I think made it was made jointly. I don't know who approached who first, but I think it was made jointly. I don't know who approached who first. No, there's definitely the performance has to be number one, but there, it became a suffocating issue for that team. Yeah, I don't know that I'm buying all of this. Uh, from what I know of Mike Tomlin, he never succumbs to outside noise. But then you factor in the performance, too. The, right, the but I also factor stunk. in that the Steelers had never made a change like this in 80-some years, and it's hard for me to believe they both woke up on the same day and said, I was thinking that too. Let's do it. It was somebody's call, I believe. And I guess, you know, I, I believed Tomlin in his news conference, but it seems like everybody else who's a Steelers insider thinks it was Art who made the call. So you're saying if Art hadn't – let's say Art did make the call. If Art hadn't called Mike and ordered it to happen, Mike would have called Art that day? Maybe, yeah. I think that that was after the Cleveland game, right? Yeah. It was just so awful. You know, you said they've never really fired a coordinator. I don't know that the offense had ever been this bad for this long. But we were all shocked by it. It's been – yeah, because they'd never done it before, but they never traded a number one draft choice either. Um, I just find it hard to believe they both – on that particular day, had the exact same thought. Why not any other game that he had managed? Because I think you can hit rock bottom, and I think they did. Sean, crack another one. So who all? you say both of them. Who ultimately made the call? I don't know. I don't know at this point. I'm flummoxed at this point. Uh, You also have Adam Schefter on Mike Tomlin's future. This one came out of nowhere, considering that the Steelers just reeled off three wins and all that noise had died down. This is Schefter. They're not firing Mike Tomlin, but here's the thing that's interesting. He's got a year left on his contract, and there are some people around the league who believe that Mike Tomlin could decide eventually to take some time off, like Sean Payton did. Maybe take a year off. We'll see if that's something that's on his mind. We're leaning safe, but Mike Tomlin gets to dictate what happens here? Not the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not firing him. He's staying on. But he's staying on if he wants to. If he decides that he'd like to walk, well, that's a different subject. And maybe there's a team out there. He's from Washington. His wife loves Los Angeles. Maybe one oh. of them wants to lob a call into the Steelers to see if they could wind up doing You've something got with wife him. Intel. How about that? 
You know, I, I, I tell me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Even more significantly than that, didn't Jay Glazer report the same thing? That he could step away for a year? I didn't see that one. Did he report uh, uh, that? Uh, apparently, this was overnight or yesterday. Oh, really? That, to me, is even more telling than Schefter because I think we've always thought that Glazer is Tomlin's national guy, if you will. That when he says something from Tom, about Tomlin, it usually comes from Tomlin. That's what grabbed my attention. Now, could this be, you know, he wants more money? Uh, I don't know. You know, and it gets an extension. I, I don't know. He can't just coach somewhere else unless they work out some sort of trade. Right. Because he's under contract for Is this, you know, Bill Cowher stepped aside with one year left and never came back. I, I never felt like Tomlin wants to do anything but coach. He has said many, many times that he doesn't want to go into TV, even though TV would pay him a fortune. And, you know, he'd be he'd have a, a prime uh, NFL broadcasting job next year if that's what he wanted to do but i always thought of him as think of him as a a coaching uh what's the word i'm looking for lifer coaching lifer coaching uh he just lives breathes it sleeps it yeah and i don't know that he'd step aside for a year but then he could go wherever he wanted well you're right nfl insider jay glazer reiterated that sentiment i'm looking on si.com right now and they have what we just heard the Schefter clip, and then a statement saying just that. NFL insider Jay Glazer reiterated that sentiment, stating that it would be Tomlin's choice whether he returned to the team next season or not. I, this should be the lead story, Ron. You don't get two bigger insiders right. than right. Schefter and Glazer. And, and like you said, Glazer always has a direct line to his friend Tomlin. Absolutely. That's what that's grabbed my attention more than the Schefter report. And by the way... I don't think any clear-thinking person ever thought, and I don't believe I've ever said, that the Steelers would fire Mike Tomlin. It would never, even if they were leaning in that direction, it would never be announced that way. Right. And I don't think it it wasn't going to happen this offseason. A trade seemed more realistic, and now there's this. Because I think to everybody watching the ups and downs of this team, and that includes people who played for the Steelers, like Ryan Clark, were wondering 17 years is a long time. It's a long time. And it might be best for both parties to just separate. It's okay. It worked for Andy Reid. It seems to be working for Mike McCarthy and the Green Bay Packers. It worked for Reid and the Eagles when he left. You know? So this actually makes sense to me. You? Uh, I don't see him just sitting out. Um, I don't think he wants to do TV. Even for a year? I don't see that. I just think he lives it and loves it so much. But if he doesn't do it here, they got to make some sort of arrangement for him to go somewhere else. No, it wouldn't shock me. Um, you know, maybe he, you know, and let's face it, right or wrong, he doesn't get a lot of love in this town. Everything he does is questioned and scrutinized and, he hasn't won a playoff game in seven years. If he doesn't win one on Sunday in Buffalo, maybe he's just tired of it. Maybe he just wants a fresh start, and maybe that thinks it would be better for him in the organization. I definitely could see that. Maybe. I de- I mean, now, Cower, I thought, would come back, too, to coaching, and he never did. I can't imagine Tomlin stepping away as a coach. I just can't. I could for a year. For a year, for maybe. For a year to, to see what the best opportunity would be. But, no, I don't see him going the Bill Cower route. And the fact of the matter is Cower got destroyed in this town, too. Couldn't win the big game. Went right. to AFC title. It's just part of being a coach for the Steelers. It is. There's, Especially there's, when you haven't won a playoff game in, in going on seven the years. The scrutiny here. is always there. No yeah. doubt. No, no, doubt. no doubt. But I just wonder if that wears you out a little bit. Probably. But I would suggest winning a playoff game if you yeah. want to ward off the pressures, right? Well, I think he's turned down the pressure a little bit with this three-game winning streak. For sure. But if they lose again on Sunday and they're heavily favored to lose, it'll start back up again. Yes, I would say so. I heard somebody say today, what do people say? You know, they phrased it, the Tomlin haters. I don't know if that's really the word. What will they say if Tomlin wins a playoff game? They'll say it's about time and – that changes the conversation. And say it's been a pretty yeah. good year. Eleven yeah, wins, absolutely pretty good year, right? They'll say it's about time that the Steel- Pittsburgh Steelers won a playoff game today, and this makes it a good season. 
That's what they'll say. Does that make somebody a hypocrite for being critical of no, him not winning? Not at all. For six years? I mean, I thought that's the business they're in. And at some point, what if they don't win? And my question always is, well, wh- what year is the line for you that they've gone too long without a playoff win? Because seven, as it's I've a mentioned, long time. not to be negative, not to be <laughs> negative, but seven years is a long time. So I just ask very rationally, not negatively, what would be the line for you? 10? 13? 16? Where's the line of too many years without a playoff win? I'm simply asking that question because I think seven is virtually a coaching lifetime without a playoff win. I've pointed out many times that Vince Lombardi coached 10 years, Bill Walsh coached 10 years. Uh, John Madden, uh, like the, the list goes on. Brian Billick, what did he coach, eight years? This is virtually a coaching lifetime without a playoff win. So you know what I would say? Not to be negative, win a playoff game. That's what I'd say. That's the business you're in, is to win in the playoffs. There's no doubt. And I think I, Tomlin I mean, has done a pretty good job rebounding this team. But the great irony of of this non-losing streak, if I got that right, is that he does have a losing record in the playoffs. Not to be negative, but he does have a losing record in the playoffs. Why don't you want to be negative? You've never been afraid of being negative. Win a playoff game. Win a playoff game. Um, There's no doubt. And, I I mean, I'm not sure it isn't time, even if they win a playoff game. 17 years is a long time. I, I don't know that they have a quarterback for next year at this point. You know, he talked last year when they finished seven and two about how all these young guys are really getting it and coming on. Well, you know, maybe maybe we'll see that this weekend. We saw it a little bit against some bad competition, but maybe it's time for him to move on and for him and the team. He may be thinking that. Right. And the best of what Tomlin did this season, I think, was on display in Baltimore in these last three games, which a guy like George Pickens, I think, personified that. He seemed to be somebody that was about to be lost, and instead he was found. And Tomlin got seemingly got him on the right track here after that Indy debacle. And Deontay Johnson, the same thing. They all seem to be you know, moving in, in the same direction now. He ultimately, although probably too late, decided on the right quarterback or just became desperate enough to try Mason Rudolph. I would still say he was late on that, but I do give him credit for going from seven and seven to 10 and seven. He got them in the playoffs. He did. And he did some very good things late in the year. He did some very bad things earlier in the year. Yeah. You know, you can say seven and seven to 10 and seven, but how about six and three and seven and four? to seven and seven at one point. Right. You know, I mean, we had them as an absolute lock to get in the playoffs when they were six and three. Yeah. With the quarterbacks they were facing and the teams and, and they just, they didn't show up for whatever reason, but I'll give them credit for getting them back and getting them in there. Sure. But I'm with you. I would like to see a playoff win too. I mean, you know, if Exxon had a massive oil spill, that would be a bad thing. How much credit would I give them for cleaning it up? Right. Thanks for cleaning it up, but you pretty much needed to. You did it. Right. It's tough to give a team or a coach too much credit when they dig themselves a hole and then barely leap out of it. You know, this should have been a better regular season. It should have been. I don't care who your quarterback was. I don't care how many you went through. They had Arizona and New England at home in in a five-day span, a couple of two and ten teams, and they just – Fell apart. Fell apart. But you know what? He got them in. They're in the tournament. So now the question is, what do you do with that? Do you win a playoff game or are we going to go seven years without My one? My guess is they're going to lose this week and go seven years without one. I'm starting to wonder about that, Ron. I've been analyzing this game. I think the Bills see, are here, vulnerable. This is your Buffalo paranoia. No, it's You've not. You've been through it so many times. How long is their window open? Well, See, the Bills have actually won four playoff games in three But, years. I mean, how but long is their window open? As to, long as Josh Allen su- suits up. That's, how, that's what Joe Burrow yeah, said, Yeah, as long right? as he suits up. He's a unicorn. 
I know he gives the ball to the other team, but like I said, he has four playoff wins in three years, and he beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, and if his coach hadn't screwed it up, they would have gone to the AFC title game that year. Um, but the Bills have problems, man. Matt Milano, their first-team All-Pro linebacker, gone. His replacement now gone. Tredavious White, their star corner, who really wasn't the same after his injury, but still gone. Now his replacement gone. Their offensive line to me is very questionable. A lot of things questionable. They were scraping by against teams like the Patriots and Chargers. And Josh Allen, for all the great things he does, does give the ball away. So they're they're vulnerable. The point spread is too big, in my opinion. And the Steelers are going to have a chance to win. I think the weather helps them, too. It's supposed to be absolutely nasty. I don't know. The wind again, bad, cold, snow flurries, nasty. More analysis is required here, Ron, but I'm starting to lean certainly in a Steeler cover. Maybe in a Steeler win. Sean, don't call me Seth Myers. It's off the top. Fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. And it's 1028. Time to stop blindly paying those increasing auto and home insurance premiums. Contact the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia and see what they can do for you, Peter King. Let's have him analyze this game and Tomlin's future. Coming up next on Cook and Joe. Fan Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Peter King on the line, as is the case every Tuesday at this time. Odyssey NFL insider Peter King. Insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too. Peter, I hope you're doing well today. I trust you're doing well as the playoffs come about. And man, we have some interesting Mike Tomlin stuff happening here with uh, with clips from Adam Schefter and Jay Glazer. Jay Glazer regarded to be pretty tight with Tomlin and both of them uh, at least hinting at the idea that maybe Mike Tomlin would be the one who wants to take a little break here. I'm going to play for you a clip from Adam Schefter and then we can get to it, okay? Sure. Go ahead, Sean. Firing Mike Tomlin, but... Here's the thing that's interesting. He's got a year left on his contract. And there are some people around the league who believe that Mike Tomlin could decide eventually to take some time off, like Sean Payton did. Maybe take a year off. We'll see if that's something that's on his mind. We're leaning safe, but Mike Tomlin gets to dictate what happens here. Not the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not firing him. He's staying on. But he's staying on if he wants to, if he decides that he'd like to walk well, that's a different subject. And maybe there's a team out there. He's from Washington. His wife loves Los Angeles. Maybe one oh. of them wants to lob a call into the Steelers to see if they could wind up doing We've something got with wife him. Cal- Peter, are you one of those people around the league that uh, Schefter <clears throat> said believed that Mike Tomlin could take a year off? I don't know that, Joe. I wouldn't be shocked at anything with Mike Tomlin, but I think he does a very good job of keeping his own counsel. I do think it's significant also that Jay Glazer uh, is, is, is saying that it's not a hundred percent sure that whatever it is, Glazer said over the weekend, I trust Jay on Tomlin because they're tight. I I, I don't know. Tight is the right word, but they're obviously uh, talking. They talk. And Schefter is the gold standard in this job. So if both of those guys are inferring that it's not 100% sure that he'll be back, I put stock in it. I think there's a couple of things to consider here. Number one, uh, you know, what is the attitude about the organization toward him right now? And does Art Rooney absolutely, in a pound-the-table way, want Mike Tomlin back for the foreseeable future. You know, and I think maybe whatever offer he might make to Tomlin to make sure that he doesn't enter 
2024 as a lame duck might be part of that. The fact that he, uh, you know, has not been extended to this point. Maybe Tomlin feels like uh, there isn't necessarily the love by this team. I'm not sure that I've always thought this about Mike Tomlin. I'm, you know, Bill Belichick a few years ago said, well, I won't be like Marv Levy. I'm not going to be coaching in my 70s. And, of course, he's going to be 72 next year. He not only wants to coach, he's lobbying to keep the job, essentially. But, uh, you know, in in New England. But I've always thought that Mike Tomlin, at one point, probably well before he's 70, would go back to Virginia and live a quieter life than he has now and maybe take a year or two right now to work on television. I'm sure that every network that does the NFL would be lining up five minutes after he says, I'm taking a a gap year. Uh, They'd all be lining up to try to hire him. Peter, three weeks ago, a lot of people in this town would have been thrilled to hear this news that he might be moving on. Now they finish strong. They're in the playoffs. I, I, don't, I don't know that I like them to win in Buffalo, which would be seven years without a playoff win. Could it be time for both he and the Steelers to have this parting for the benefit of both of them? Well, I don't think Rooney feels that way. And Ron, obviously his is, I'm not saying it's the only vote that counts, but it's the vote that counts as far as, you know, the Steelers making that decision. And I think Art Rooney absolutely wants Mike Tomlin to keep coaching this team. So then you come back to, does Mike Tomlin want to keep coaching the team? I can't answer that. I have not asked him the question. I was with him a couple of weeks ago for or three weeks ago, maybe when I was doing a Cam Hayward story in Pittsburgh, we didn't get a chance to talk other than uh, just about Cam Hayward. So I can't answer the question about what it is that he wants. Nothing would surprise me in this case. And I'll tell you why I've been at dinner with Mike Tomlin several times and he is, not one of these guys whose life uh, the, the sun rises, sets, and he's an all-day football guy. He seems that way because he doesn't show much of another side to anybody uh, outside of, you know, his inner circle. But I do think that Mike Tomlin has other interests in life. Whether he would be willing to explore those right now, whether he'd be willing to work weekends for a year or two while deciding whether he wants to keep coaching. I just simply don't know the answer to the question. So it sounds like from what you know of Tomlin, uh, Peter, what you're saying here is you wouldn't be totally shocked if he pulled a Bill Cower and was never seen on a sideline again. Well, I would be surprised if he pulled a Bill Cower and never coached again. But You know, Joe, honestly, you talk about the word shock. And, you know, I I don't think anything – look, if you're Mike Tomlin, and again, I'm going to – I have no idea how much money he has in the bank, but let's just say it's, I don't know, $50 million. I don't – probably more than that, but I, I don't have any idea how much money he has in the bank. But let's just say you got $50 million in the bank, you're still a young man and you have been a head football coach basically for just about two decades now. And you're kind of tired. It's, it's an exhausting job and you're kind of tired and you say, you know what? I kind of like when I drive past the fans sometimes and I say, man, they get to go home for this game and go live their lives. And Mike Tomlin sometimes, I bet, wonders what that other life is like. I would be surprised if he never coached again uh, after this weekend, if they indeed they lose. But would it shock me? No, because I don't really know. I know Mike Tomlin some, but I don't really know him. I don't live with him. I, so I, I would be surprised, but 
nothing in this case would shock me. All right, Peter, you said if they lose this weekend, I think they're nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. What chance do you give them in Buffalo? Not a lot, but then again, you know, Josh Allen, which Josh Allen are they going to face? Uh, the giving Josh Allen or the guy who maybe turns it over one time and throws for 320, you know, and, and who runs the ball well. I think, you know, that game was there to be won on Sunday night for the Miami Dolphins, and they couldn't do it. And they stopped running the ball for some reason at halftime of that game. But I think I would also say this, Ron. I think if T.J. Watt either doesn't play or is severely hampered, that is a gigantic factor in this game because they need to bother, chase, force into errors Josh Allen. And without T.J. Watt, that is, uh, that's going to be hard to do. Peter King is on the Sullivan Super Service Hotline. Insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice Gentleman's Blend Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus 24-7 moisturization because men have skin too. Peter, I'm a very close observer of the Buffalo Bills having grown up there, and I think that if Josh Allen plays an A game, that not only will, will they beat the Steelers, they might beat anybody. But I also yeah. see vulnerability here, and I, if, I wonder if you agree. Not only is Matt Milano long gone, but his replacement is now possibly gone. Uh, Tredavious yeah. White gone, his replacement possibly gone. Gabe Davis, their deep threat, possibly gone. I see this as a vulnerable team. I, the, the Patriots game two weeks ago, they're lucky to have won. Every team, because of injury, is vulnerable at this time of year. Everyone. And that includes the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're playing their third quarterback, who might be their best quarterback, but they're playing their third quarterback, and they might be missing their best player, period, in this game. The, the, the guy who they really need to make Josh Allen's life miserable. So I get it. I understand what you say. Joe and I, and I agree with you that Buffalo is not what Buffalo was at its peak, but it's been good enough to win the last five games of this season. And, yes, they had a tough game against the Patriots. One of the reasons they had a tough game against the Patriots is that the New England defense makes it hard for almost everybody they play. You know, they're just a, a very, very disciplined defense. But I do think that in this particular case, Buffalo, I'd be surprised if they lost this game simply because they will have the best player on the field with his number one receiver with both tight ends and a good running game. So I understand what they're missing, but they've also got a lot, even uh, for the 18th game of the year. And um, I, I think they'll play pretty well on Sunday. Uh, Peter, what do you make of the Mason Rudolph story? Is he, is he, does he look like a future starting quarterback for you will he get a job next year will he be better than Kenny Pickett if he comes back here next year I think if I were the Steelers I would want Mason Rudolph to come back uh, I'd want him maybe to duel with Kenny Pickett for the starting job but I definitely would want competition in training camp I also think Ron you have to ask yourself this question and, and again, this is something that I think is possible. It's certainly not probable, but it's possible. What if Russell Wilson is a free agent, which I think he will be? What if because Denver will be paying 95% of his income next year and whoever acquires him will have to pay close to the NFL minimum uh, because of what he's going to make elsewhere? What do you do in that case? Do you bring in Russell Wilson? Do you say, let the best person win uh, this quarterback duel? I just know that I would want Mason Rudolph back because he intrigues me with how he's played down the stretch. But I would not want only Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph to go to training camp because 
clearly, until the last three or four weeks, no one in Pittsburgh, no one thought that Mason Rudolph was the quarterback of the future. So I would be very hesitant to say, well, let's let Rudolph and Pickett go to training camp and battle it out. I'm not saying that's a recipe for a bottom five quarterback room, but I'd like to have better options than that. Peter, I know you have to run, so let's do a little free association. Quick questions, quick answers. Are you ready? Yes. League MVP? Lamar Jackson. Coach of the year? D'Amico Ryan. Defensive player of the year? I don't know. Hmm. However, I, I'm, I, I hate to do this because you want two words. <laughs> and I love giving you two words. I love this because I'm the wordiest <laughs> idiot on the planet. But I would only say that today, this afternoon, I'm going to sit down for three or four hours and puzzle out one of the biggest problem areas, awards that I've ever had to do. And that's defensive player of the year. I could argue for five guys. And, you know, pro football focus, I think they do a really good job. Do you realize 2023 quarterback pressures, Miles Garrett, 86, TJ Watt, 86. Mm. It's a tough call. And and look, I respect everybody who says sacks are huge. They are. Sacks are not the only thing that will determine or should determine who wins this. Anyway, sorry for going on a riff, but I had to just explain where my head is at, in which I truly do not know as we speak right now. Very fair, and we look forward to your choice there. Okay, quickly, the coach this weekend with the most to gain or lose? Mike McCarthy. The quarterback with the most to gain or lose? Matthew Stafford. And lastly, the winners, Packers-Cowboys. Cowboys narrowly. Rams-Lions. Rams. Eagles-Bucks. Bucks. Bucks. Browns-Texans. Oh, man. (laughs) Browns. Dolphins-Chiefs. Chiefs. Chiefs. Steelers-Bills. Bills. Thank you, Peter, and have a great day. Yeah, enjoy the weekend, Peter. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll talk to you. Insider Calls brought to you by Old Spice Gentlemen's Blend Body Wash. Men have skin too, Ron. He always, exfoliation, is that what it is? He said he feels that way when he leaves our show. He's exfoliated. He's that exfoli- was, man, there's a lot there that we can talk about in the 11 he o'clock hour. He hesitated so much on the defensive player of the year. It's a tough call. He said five guys. I, I was thinking three, TJ and Garrett and Micah Parsons. Wow. Who else was he thinking? We, I, I should have followed that up. Hendrickson? I, I don't know. Max Crosby, maybe Bland with all the yeah. pick sixes. I think I th- I got the impression though that he's probably down to uh, Garrett or Watt. That's my feeling too. And it is. He said it was as tough. I I think an award call as he's ever had. Ron, I'm gonna ask you those questions, and we'll discuss in the eleven o'clock hour. Coach on the hottest seat, so to speak. Quarterback on the hottest seat. But man, his stuff. It, the Tomlin thing is now blown up. This is a gigantic story. It is. You know, for one reason, Jay Glazer. Yeah. That's more than Schefter. Yeah. I mean, Schefter seemed to be a little more definitive on it, you know, and I've never heard him say anything like that either, but Glazer's the guy with the inside line on Tomlin, and he didn't shoot – he hardly shot it down and, in right. fact, gave it a little bit of fuel. Peter seems to think differently than myself and especially you about Tomlin being a football lifer. He gave the impression he didn't think he was a football lifer. Yeah, I, and they said he doesn't show that side. Um, I've talked to coaches who have worked with him that they said they have never seen anything like him. A football a lifer is the football word. Football junkie, junkie he junkie. uses. That's yeah. the word I, I was looking at before, junkie. Um, I don't know. But, again, I don't know Tomlin either. You know, we think we know these guys, but we really don't know these guys. I mean, not now at Schefter's report that his wife likes L.A. Mm. I, you know, I mean, I, I don't know how much stock I put into something like that, but I, I will be surprised if he walks away. Maybe not for a year. Speaking but, uh, only for myself, if my wife liked a place, that would 
that would be a good thing. <laughs> if I was, yeah, but a, what if he doesn't want to go to L.A.? Well, I would if I had Justin Herbert, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's probably the best of the jobs open, no doubt. The story being, in case you just joined us, and, and this stuff broke at some point yesterday. I heard the afternoon guys talking about it. That Adam Schefter saying there are people around the league who believe that Mike Tomlin could maybe want to take a year off, some time off. He's under which, con- which was another way of saying he's he would want to step away from Pittsburgh. He is under contract for another year, so he can't just say, uh, you know, the Steelers, I'm going to take the Chargers job. There has to be some compensation worked out. Right. But he could sit out a year, and then he becomes the, you know, most coveted free agent out there, I would think. So – do you think over yeah. if Belichick becomes one or if well, Har- Jim that, Harbaugh's that, out there? That would be next year, though. We're talking oh, next about, year. If, next yeah. year, yeah. I think he'd be more coveted than Harbaugh. Belichick, only because of the age getting older. Well, I was thinking this year. I don't think – man, it sounds I, – I meant to ask Peter that about Belichick. It sounds like he might be coming back. That's what he said. He wants to – he's lobbying to come back to New England. I'm not quite – well, I guess, you, you know, when you're there so long – you want to finish, you know, where you started, but and Josh McDaniels might be a piece of that now. He doesn't have a quarterback, though. I know, he, but he's going to get one. He can get one. Yeah, he can sign Mason Rudolph in the off-season run. Their draft, they're going to be picking. I'm high. serious. They're going to be picking high. Maybe they sign Mason. Right? Maybe somebody will. He if he if he Peter, has a, if he has a good game against Buffalo. Peter threw out Russell Wilson again. I just don't see that happening. But I think his point was. You're not going to win anything if the two guys in your room are Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett. You need some sort of veteran competition. This game is so much bigger than a playoff game. And a playoff game is plenty big to begin with because, as we know, Ron, one team advances and one team yeah, goes home. It's usually called win or else. But it feels so much bigger. It feels like it's going to have a lot to do. There's another with guy. This- Kirk Cousins, a free agent. Would you be interested in him? Yep, with the Steelers' quarterback situation moving forward. Does it feel that way to you? Yeah, it does. Because I don't know that they have a quarterback going forward. Or they might. And if if Mason Rudolph, every time Mason Rudolph plays well, especially against a team like this in this environment, he makes his case not only around the league, but to be the lead guy going into camp. Right. To the point where if he were to beat Buffalo, and as Peter said, even though he's picking Buffalo, Buffalo's very beatable. The point spread's too high. They're a very beatable team. If he were to do that and then beat somebody else or play well again, every time that happens, his case is built and built and built. Or the opposite could happen. He could throw three or four interceptions and... The fairy dust might uh, disappear here. Buffalo wind. In that Buffalo wind. It's funny, I was looking at numbers today, Ron. Were you aware that... Mason leads the NFL in completion percentage and passer rating. Uh, I was Small sample, yeah, I know. Three games, but I mean, what was he, 18 of 20 the other day? That's gonna, 75%. That's gonna, and his numbers in the other two games were pretty good, too. I'm not surprised. But did but, you know also that since Matt Canada left the building, Kenny Pickett is 31 of 43 for 72% and a passer rating of 96? That's unbelievable. That's pretty, pretty indicative of the significance of getting rid of Canada. I had forgotten. I mean, since since Canada left Pickett, and he had a shaky first half against Arizona, although comparatively speaking, they got down the field on the first and last drives of the half. That's greatest show on turf stuff for the way the Steelers were. Had been at that point. He was 31 of 43. That's what he is since Canada's gone. So he also is well above 70%. But, man, I, I just think this is so much bigger than a playoff game ordinarily would be. And then you have way in the factor of haven't won one in seven years. Yes. That's a long time. And now more wondering than ever about Tomlin's future, and it's coming from Adam Schefter and Jay Glazer from the Tomlin side, that maybe it's just time. 17 years is a long time. It's an eternity. Put it this way. It's time for Tomlin you know, to decide in his life, do I want? Do I ever want to have another challenge or do I want to be a legacy coach with one team? You know, sometimes superstar athletes <clears throat> have to make this choice, Ron. 
do I want to do I want to go somewhere? Do I want it to be one place, or do I want to go I get think, a title I somewhere else? Do I want to change? Hines and Troy both thought about that, and they decided it wouldn't have been worth it to go somewhere else. As Peter said, Tomlin's still a fairly young man. Like he fifty-one. Would, he would be in great demand. So, what does he want to do? It would be he. Who's what, Arthur Giardelli or whatever his name is? The Sunday night producer and the biggest night in football said hands down Tomlin would be the most coveted uh studio analyst if he was ever available head coach eloquent you know that's and here's a different thing here, I mean here's two things he has going for yeah him. here's what I say about the cower thing is that once you get into a different line of work and you realize, like Peter said, look at those fans. They get to go home after this. Well, so do the TV analysts. Right. And that you can make the same money, maybe better money, right? as a TV analyst, and you go fly to New York on Friday and fly home and, Sunday and you're night. you're the guy sitting upstairs doing the criticizing instead of the guy on the field being the criticized one. Man, once you live that life for a little while, and I'm convinced, I, I think somebody would still hire Bill Cower, believe it or not, but certainly for years and years, teams would have hired him. I think he got out of it and realized, this is great. Right. I'm a person. Nice lifestyle. I can live a life. And I wonder, you just never know, if Tomlin were to get into it, if if he would have that feeling too. Jay Caulfield coming up. We'll talk about this. We'll replay uh, Schefter and Glazer. We'll get into all the playoff games. Break down the Bills a little bit more. I'll let Ron know why I feel that they're very vulnerable this weekend. See if he agrees. But Jay Caulfield on the Flyers and Penguins next. Really good performance from the Penguins. And I want to ask both these guys. I got a question in the mailbag about Ovechkin catching Gretzky for goals and about Sid catching Yager for second place all-time in points. That all of a sudden seems realistic to me. Maybe I've lost it. Listen to Cook and Joe every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's Card of the Week from the Baseball Card Castle in Cranberry. Contests run every Wednesday through Friday at noon at the 937thefan.com contesting page. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you